0: Welcome to the Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help leaders go further faster. On today's podcast, Andy will talk to an exceptional leader about a challenge that far too many leaders face alone. Well, Andy, as we get started, why don't you introduce our guest to the podcast audience?
1: Yeah, I bet Jeff Henderson's not a stranger to some of our podcast audience. Uh, Jeff's actually been with us or working with us for 11 years. He um, came in as a group's director, which outside of our context won't make any sense, but what you will understand is we uh, started a church in Buckhead um, years ago. He I, I came in and helped us establish Buckhead Church. I started in a grocery store, three services, four services, five services, a few hundred people that grew now to you know over 7,000 people all in or there. I oversaw the construction of that, developed the staff. He's an excellent communicator. And then just as things, just as he got it perfect, I said, <laughs> Jeff, you are so good at launching new initiatives. I like to pull you out of your comfort zone and all this incredible uh, organization you've built and start over. And he was up for that. And so uh, three years ago, he left Buckhead Church and established Gwinnett Church as a church north of our city, and once again growing like crazy, um, overseeing the, uh, the construction of a, yet another facility, <laughs> um, a little bit closer to home this time. So he's just an extraordinary leader. And then as you'll discover as we um, talk about our topic today, he uh, before coming to us, he w- was with Chick-fil-A as the director of sports marketing, beverage marketing, has some extraordinary um, business stories. And And one of the great things Jeff brings to our organization is not only business experience, but business experience as a business leader manager coming from an extraordinary organization, Chick-fil-A. And so, um, you know, he's brought some of their culture to us, lots of great insight. And maybe not best of all, but I consider it an asset. He's a preacher's kid.
2: That's right. (laughs) That's right. Yeah.
1: So we have that in common as well. So anyway, a few years ago, um, Jeff spoke at one of our conferences. He does a lot of teaching and training with our staff and outside of our organization. And uh, he brought some insight into a topic we've talked about before that was so unique that instead of stealing it, and taking credit for it, <laughs> I thought why not just bring Jeff in and have the discussion right here in the studio. So, Jeff, welcome. Thanks, Andy. And that's kind because I stole all this from you guys anyway, so.
2: yeah, but I'm really excited to be here. So thanks for letting me.
1: As Lane said years ago, we should do a series on plagiarism <laughs> to see if people copy and steal that. What we've that.
2: quote learned.
0: Yeah, right. That's, about, right. yes. that's right. As I mentioned in the opening today, the, the challenge that we're going to talk about is one that all leaders face. But too many of them face it alone. So, Andy, why don't you just set up the topic for us?
1: Well, we're going to talk about vision casting. And we've talked about that before. And there's not a leader out there who doesn't understand the importance of vision. Um, it, it leaks. Um, it wanes. It gets lost in the complexity of organizational life. And uh, all every leader thinks, hey, I've already talked about that. I've already cast a vision. January's over. Let's get back to business. And we never cast the vision enough. We Again, we make so many assumptions as it relates to what we think people heard and what we think people are doing. So again, at our DRIVE conference a few years ago, um, Jeff talked about an aspect of vision casting that I thought was so unique, and it was so helpful that I thought we would come back to a topic we've talked about before, but look at it through just a little bit different filter.
0: Jeff, the title of your talk was Vision. It's a team sport. What what does that mean? Well,
2: it's a sports analogy. And uh, I think sometimes in organizational world, we can look at vision casting as an individual sport like golf. So uh, there's one person knocking the ball down the course Mm -hmm. and uh, he or she's doing that. And so the rest of us are just kind of following along. (laughs) And so what happens is, is that the vision is relegated to one person, the vision Mm -hmm. casting, carrying the vision. And there's only so much one person can do in terms of moving the vision forward. So the challenge is, is to think of vision as a team sport like football. There's certainly a point leader. There's a quarterback calling the plays and say, here's where we're going. But we're all on the field together and we're carrying the vision together versus being on the sidelines together. And the reason that's important is in an organization, um, you need people to carry the vision. Mm. But what you need to allow people to understand is as they carry the vision, they're actually casting the vision as well. Because when it comes to vision casting, I think we can think of vision casters as the person that stands up on the stage with a microphone and they're giving an inspiring speech, which is a portion of vision. Mm But there are those that have to move and carry the vision forward. I gave an example in the talk of Joanne Burns, our receptionist at Buckhead Church, and I told Joanne you're one of the best vision casters we have. Mm. And her response to me is, I never want to get on stage and talk to
1: anybody. (laughs) Yeah, but she was on the phone every day representing the organization. Absolutely. And so uh, it's easy for me on a Sunday to go,
2: this is the kind of church we want to be or the kind of organization we want to be. But then they call Joanne on Monday to see if that's really what's happening. So as Joanne carries the vision, answering the phone, dealing with guests, she's actually casting the vision. Mm. So allowing your staff or volunteers or group to understand oh, I'm a vision caster because I'm carrying the vision, it allows people to understand they have a role
0: in this. Yeah. Jeff, I remember you saying that there are four words that limit the vision of an organization.
2: <laughs> right. Those are, it's not my job. Right. You know, when it comes to vision casting, it's not my job to do that. That's the that's the role of uh, of the point person. And so the question I think every organization needs to ask is whose job is it to cast vision for the organization? Hmm. The answer is Yes. <laughs> it's it's everyone in every role, it's your responsibility to move this forward.
1: A receptionist, as you mentioned, doesn't think of him herself or herself as a vision caster or a vision carrier, and yet it's true that every single person in every single organization represents that organization both at work and everywhere else they are in the community, right?
2: Absolutely, everywhere.
1: Yeah. So, in a sense, to, to use your analogy, they are carrying a vision. They are they are representing the organization in some way. So this isn't a new idea. Everybody represents the organization, whether how they talk about it outside of work, how they talk to each other, you know, on, at the on the job. So I guess part of this is helping them understand the role they are already fulfilling and helping them do a better job at. it. Is that what we're talking about?
2: Absolutely. And if you're in a service business and you're the CEO and you're responsible for vision casting, many times you're not in front of the customers on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. the, the, the front line, if you will, if you mm-hmm. take my background in the restaurant business, the front line employees, they're in many respects the most important vision casters you have because that's where the customers are getting to see if what the CEO is saying is actually really happening. It's easy to get up and give a 30-minute speech. It's much more difficult to have that speech um, move into the front line. That's why at Chick-fil-A, we asked our operators to get in f- They're They're behind the counter serving, but we wanted them to get in front of the counter and actually see the employees faces wow. and to see what they were, mm-hmm. how their reaction, were they smiling? Because you can get behind the counter in the business and never really see it from the customer's standpoint. Mm.
1: That's, this is great because, I mean, just sticking with the Chick-fil-A analogy and for people in different parts of the country or the world, who aren't privileged to have a Chick-fil-A <laughs> That's right. every 300 yards, <laughs> That's which right. you know we, we have here in the South. Um, it's true. Uh, Truett Cathy, the founder, or Dan Cathy, the current CEO, they do not, on a weekly basis, um, help me understand what Chick-fil-A is all about, because I never see them. It really is. It's that minimum wage high school kid or college kid Mm -hmm. who really is casting and carrying the vision for Chick-fil-A every time I I show up. And so this is true and certainly easily translated into every organization.
0: Andy, when it comes to this, I think you have really a rather unique outlook because you are a gifted vision caster, but you believe strongly in sharing the role. Why Why do you think more leaders don't do that?
1: Well, I think part of it is what Jeff just explained in terms of just understanding that every role in an organization has a vision casting or vision carrying component. But the three things that come to mind, I don't want to r- rehearse what we've talked about so many times. I think for one reason, most organizations don't have a castable vision. Well, so hmm. as Howard Hendricks used to say, you know, if Speaking of preachers, if it's a mist in the pulpit, it's going to be a fog in the pew. <laughs> so if it's a little bit misty for the primary communicator, it's going to get even less clear for the the second, third, and fourth right. tier in the organization. So if there's not a, a clear vision to begin with, um, it's not going to get translated. We will hear it. We'll sit through you know com- we'll sit through conferences and speeches, but in terms of carrying it, it, it's got to be crystal clear. And we've talked about that before in this podcast. I think the other part is that sometimes as leaders we confuse responsibility and role. And so as the point leader or the division leader or the director, I understand that um, my role is to cast vision, but that's different than the responsibility that every single person in the organization carries. And and, and if it's not communicated to me that as an employee, part of my responsibility is to cast vision, then I'm not going to do it. And again, (laughs) if I feel like my role is the vision caster, then I'm not going to Help people in every part of the organization understand, no, yeah. this is a, a shared responsibility, right. which is Jeff's point. Then I think the last thing, and then I'll hand this back to Jeff, and Jeff is such a great example of this, and I've said that before even when he wasn't here, <laughs> um, that I believe many leaders have never experienced the rush, the joy, the thrill of sitting in an audience or sitting in a meeting – and watching another leader in the organization cast just as or an even more compelling vision than they've been able to cast. Mm -hmm. And there have been so many occasions where Sandra and I have attended a a service or an environment where Jeff was up front casting vision either for Buckhead Church, Gwinnett Church or an initiative they were doing and us getting in the car thinking, wow, Mm -hmm. I could quit. I could walk (laughs) away. I could walk away not simply because we have an exceptional organization but I could walk away because this next generation of leadership not only understands the vision but can cast it in such a compelling way and I'm telling you it is it's the thrill of leadership is to watch it work without you and so I think the leader that doesn't do this has never experienced that because uh, you know it, as long as you're secure enough you know to to experience that in a positive way it's it is thrilling I mean honestly it's it's one of the most thrilling things as a leader so I think so, those are some of the reasons that uh, we're not more intentional about this, but I think talking about it's going to help some of our leaders
2: Well, I think, take Andy, to, 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 to your credit, it, it takes a leader to not be threatened by um, another leader casting a vision for the organization. So what leaders have to say is, is it about me or is it about the organization? Yep.
0: <laughs> Jeff, in your talk, you you discussed a transition of really a thinking that happens when someone truly engages in the vision.
2: It's an important transition, I think, for or, for organizations to understand and leaders to understand. I call it Transitioning people from benefiting from the organization to participating in. Uh, Transitioning from benefiting from the vision to participating in the vision. Mm. And and I'm a product of that. Uh, In fact, I blame you two guys because (laughs) I was uh, working at Chick-fil-A, minding my own business, sitting in the East Auditorium at North Point Community Church. My two little kids we're loving the church. But every Sunday, we were benefiting from the mission, the, the mission of this organization and the vision. But every Sunday, I felt you draw me closer and closer and closer. And I'd made a promise to myself to never work at a church to have as a preacher's <laughs> kid. Um, but there was something that you guys were doing in your team every Sunday. I thought, I just don't want to benefit. I just don't want to drop my kids off and have people serve me. I want to pr- – pr- I'm missing out. If I don't participate in this, I'm missing out. And fast mm. forward now, I'm on staff. So, <laughs> so if you're listening to this, be careful. They'll draw you in. <laughs> but that's part of it. Great organizations go, hey, don't you want to participate in this? And it's not just going on staff. Um, it's it's having people go, oh, hey, have you seen this restaurant? Or have you heard about this restaurant? And we, we've all heard of word of mouth advertising is the best. And that's having people, when, when that happens, you've transitioned them from benefiting from your product to participating in in being your marketing. And, and and many times you don't pay them anything to do that. Yeah.
1: So every satisfied customer, and to some extent, carries the vision or can, is a potential vision carrier, uh, and, and whether it's, it's food or any other kind of product. And we've all experienced that. I mean, I've cast vision for all kinds of products, right? <laughs> but I didn't think of it in terms of casting vision. I was just sharing a positive experience. But that's, I guess that's part of what we're talking about.
2: Absolutely. And typically for every person, it's a really small list. Uh, it's, you, you don't have 25 companies that you're raving about. Right. And so what that means is is there's there's fertile opportunity for, 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 for organizations to try to get on the list uh, of more people saying, hey, I want uh, to benefit. I just want to benefit. I want to participate in. I think Zappos is a great example of this. They'll surprise you by sending you their shoes, uh, sending you your shoes uh, a couple of days ahead, and they'll pay for the free shipping. So they, they upcharge and give you this,
1: oh, wow. Yeah. And then – Then I'm telling that story. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, Jeff, what you're really talking about is creating raving fans, right? I think Kim Blanchard first coined that that phrase,
2: and it's even more important in today's world. If I can put on my marketing hat again, uh, if 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 you're a chief marketing director or you're a CEO, you you have so little control now. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how they teach marketing in universities right now because it's <laughs> changed. It's changed in the few minutes we've been sitting right here. But the customer has more control than ever, and they have more credibility than ever. It's one thing for me to invite people to my church. It's a completely different thing for someone who attends my church to invite someone who doesn't. I, I had lunch yesterday with five people, two of which did not go. It's one thing for me to say, hey, you should come to to yeah. Church. But I had a volunteer, a guest services volunteer, just. Say hey, you've got to come here, and so that's word of mouth advertising. Mm. So that's a that, that's a raving fan, if you will. And the more raving fans you have, the more vision carriers you have, and the more vision carriers you have, the more vision casting is going on, and it just increases the credibility. That's why you know social media sites and like Yelp, et cetera. It's just it's so important. And mm. sometimes as leaders, we don't want to look at that, um, but just because we don't look at it doesn't mean it's not
1: there. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's it, it's really really important. I think this is really important because we don't think of word of mouth. We don't think of, hey, have you heard, have you seen as vision casting? I've never heard those two things associated. In fact, at the beginning of this conversation, when we used the term vision or vision casting, I'm sure most of our leaders, their minds went in a completely different direction than this. So talk just a little bit more about that. Make sure we've really connected these dots. Well, we all know that word of mouth
2: advertising is, is the most important. But then we think, okay, how do we how do I make that happen?
1: Yep. So years ago,
2: we had Hor- Horst Schultze come in. Mr. Schultze at the time was the president of the Rich Carlton hotel chain, which is known worldwide for their incredible uh, service and excellence. He said, "There's there's one." question that drives customer satisfaction. And if you can answer this question the right way, it will increase customer satisfaction and as a result, increase word of mouth advertising. And that that question was, uh, it's a question the customers ask, does this business care about me? Uh, Does this business care about me? Now, when I first heard that question, I thought, no, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> we don't. <laughs> Is that, that that's, that's not numbers. It's no, you know, there's no research. But the more I thought about that, the more I thought if a customer walks away and says, they really care about me, the degree that you answer that – or the, the degree that you can get the customer to answer that question and say, yes – is probably equal to the degree of the number of raving fans that you are creating. And so I think it's really, really important. That goes back to the frontline conversation. Mm, The CEO in the corner office perhaps doesn't have the frontline experience. And if the frontline counter doesn't convince the customer that I really care about you, then you're not going to create raving fans. So I've really focused in on this question and, and asked the question, do we really care about um, our customers. That's why I tell preachers and, and 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 pastors: Do you care about the people, or are you just caring about growing a church? Yeah. Um,
1: and do they know that you care? Because that's the there's uh, things do get lost in translation. I mean, I can genuinely care, but if they don't know, if they don't catch me caring, if somehow I haven't communicated that I care, then it doesn't doesn't matter. And to think about that in terms of product and services, that's a big idea, really it, big idea. It
2: really is. In, in fact, for 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 any communicators. There's, some, there's two questions going on the first five minutes you stand up to communicate. In the audience, they're asking the question, do I like her? Do I like him? That's what they're thinking. And then you need to be asking the question, do I like the audience? And if you don't, it's going to come out. They will know. <laughs> they will know. So so this question that Mr. Schultz posed to us, I think, I just think it's so helpful. And again, we're not talking about a guy that doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, they have won the Malcolm – the Ritz-Carlton won the Malcolm Baldrige Awards not once but twice – which is unheard of. And so uh, they they just have created a, a culture there to say we care for our people and we care for our customers.
0: Jeff, actually, I, I've heard you tell a story about you and your daughter Jessie that really just illustrates that. Well, we had a father-daughter weekend at uh, the Buckhead Ritz-Carlton
2: a few years ago. And so we pull up and we get out of the car and the Ritz employee comes up and says, hey, welcome to the Ritz. What's your name? Jeff Henderson. This is my daughter, Jessie. Oh, we're so glad you're here. If you'll go into the uh, the front counter there, we'll take care of your car and your luggage. So we're walking in, and I just glanced back, and I noticed the guy's talking in in into his shirt cuff like a Secret Service agent. <laughs> yeah. And so what he's doing is he's radioing our name to the front counter. Uh, the, the person behind the counter. So when we walk up to the front counter, the lady at the front counter says, Mr. and Ms. Henderson, we're so glad you're here. And Jesse's eyes just get so big. And she said, Dad, how do they know our name? And I said, Honey, your dad's big in buckhead. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so famous. But but here's what I love about that, Lane and Andy. So somebody in a meeting somewhere, this question of, of do do we care about our guests? Somebody said, you know, People love to hear their names. Um, they love to hear their names. So what if we could somehow develop a system where when they pull up, we get their names, we radio to the counter, and then they say your name? So that happened eight years ago, and here I am still talking about it. So it's just an important point that, to say there are systems I know the question, do they care about me, seems kind of squishy, but there are systems that can come around this question that can make sure that you answer that question to the degree that you need to.
1: In fact, it has to be systematized throughout the organization for it to actually happen. Right.
2: Absolutely. I mean, we can hire great people and we should hire great people. But if you just leave it at that and there are systems to support it, it won't be answered to the question. It won't be answered to the consistency that you need for word-of-mouth advertising to happen and to create raving fans and to create more vision carriers for your organization.
1: And a customer that believes a company cares for them becomes a vision carrier And potentially a vision caster because if a customer or a client says one time, I really like this organization or I love this product or I had a good customer service experience with them, that's vision casting. That's it. Again, we don't normally connect those dots, but this is a really big idea.
2: Well, if you've got a a staff of 25 people at your business, and it doesn't matter the number, but let's say you have 25 people, one of the best things you can do is get everybody together that morning and say today – our goal and our mission is to let everyone know that we really care about them mm-hmm. and how we interact with them. Ready, set, go. And at that point you've unleashed these vision carriers and then who are who are becoming vision casters.
1: How do you do that or how have you done that or how have you seen that done well? Well, you guys taught me
2: this. It, it's really the oh, way. Oh, thanks.
1: <laughs> I remember that, that day. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'm actually taking notes, so I go slow. You taught me,
2: and we'll get into this in just a little bit. You taught me the, the power of stories. If there are no stories that are happening, then we're not sharing and showing people that we care about them. Hmm. So hmm. if you can't think of a story in the last week of something your business did to interact with your customer – that is uh, an example that you really cared about them, then I don't think it's happening.
1: And somehow in an organization, those stories have to trickle up. So then they can trickle back down and out. And I I think, you know, we're structured where that's pretty easy because we're local. We meet on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. But for um, dispersed organizations, franchises, finding the stories in store A and city A and somehow those trickling up to where they become, you know, uh, dispersed nationally throughout an organization is is tricky. But it's extraordinarily important. And, and and companies have figured that out.
2: Well, again, you taught me this about you've got to be on the lookout for stories. And when you find a story, you don't just file it away and think, oh, that's nice. Let's go into to the, the real important stuff. Hmm. No, no, no. This is I'm going to hold on to this and I'm going to I'm going to use this. I'm going to leverage this because we have to share these stories and get them out. Again, one of the things that you guys taught me is in our staff meetings. To start the staff meetings, not with information, but to go, hey, have there been any stories in the last week or two that you've heard of? We had a Gwinnett Church staff meeting last week. So did the same thing, went around the table. By the end of our staff meeting, everybody's crying over these stories. It's wow. a good cry, you know. Yeah. But here's the, here's the important point. There were stories, to your point, Andy, there were stories that I had not even heard of. I had no idea. It had and trickle up. Absolutely. And so Lauren Espy, who's on our team, she's over our creative production area. She heard one of these stories and she said, We've got we're gonna capture that story on video and we're gonna share it at we have a vision, speaking of vision, we have a vision volunteer night in about three weeks. So this past Sunday, she brought that person in and just put them on video and shared that story so that all of our volunteers can hear it. I think it's an important point because it could have it could have stayed there and we could have all looked at each other and said, Oh, that's really nice and great and look at what what what's happening in this organization. Yeah. But and then the story, in essence, would be filed away. So part of what the quarterback, if you go back to the sports analogy, part of what the quarterback's role is or the leader's role is, is to collect these stories and to make sure everybody in the stadium, if you will, can hear these stories and celebrate the stories. And many times we, if we're not careful in the organization world, we can hear great stories and just file them away. Mm
1: -hmm. This is a really important point you're making, Jeff, because, again, my inclination is to put away the story, file away the story, throw away the email, maybe share it at home and then move on. And then get back to my information. But information is not transformational. And information, especially within the context of of a staff meeting, is not something that's going to carry much further than the first or second row. But stories do.
2: Right. Absolutely. In in fact, you never hear people go away from a meeting going, oh, I cannot wait for this information to (laughs) share. It's it's really about (laughs) – it's it's about oh look at how we're winning. Everybody wants to know: Are we winning? Are we are, are we moving forward? And these stories help us understand that we're winning. If there's no stories, maybe we're not winning. <laughs> and so, uh, so the way I say it is: Don't inform me, inspire me. Don't inform me, inspire me that's not to say that information isn't important, but I think sometimes as leaders, we get more swayed with information than we do inspiration. And if there's inspiration, then there's going to be some great information to to, to share. So even in meetings, whether it's just five people, let's talk, bring something that, that shows are we winning? And stories help us understand that we're winning and what does it look like when we win?
0: And Jeff, in the talk you did for us, you challenged every one of us to ask the question, what did I do today to cast vision for our organization?
2: And the key word being today. In fact, when I worked for Chick-fil-A, I would go around and I would ask operators that I was working with on on their store, hey, what did you do today to build a business? And Mm -hmm. many times they would say, well, you know, in a couple of weeks, I've got this going on and, and last month we did this and all of it was great. But I said, okay, but that's not the question the question is <laughs> what did i do what did you do today to cast vision to build your business and so this is a question that i carry around with me to bother me mm. because there've been many times when i've looked at myself and said i i was so busy i did nothing <laughs> today <laughs> to cast vision for organization and this is you know arguably the top one or two things that i do and so if if somehow i get so busy and i forget the today part of this then, then I'm not being the the best leader that I can possibly be.
1: And so you ask the people that work with you the same question, though. This is, in other words, to our point. This isn't you, the point leader, asking yourself, "What did I do today to cast vision?" But you've you actually ask the people that report to you the same question. And again, this is a question you're trying to push down through the entire organization.
2: Right. What did we do today? And that it doesn't have to be something gigantic. It could be I wrote a thank you note to mm-hmm. one volunteer. I. I Um, sent something out on Twitter about, hey, look at uh, this story. There's just got to be something that I just need to mentally check off in my, my head. Because what happens is if you do this on a daily basis, like anything, it begins to build momentum. And your mind is open to more ideas and you're collecting more stories and your meetings take a more Inspirational tone than an informational tone. It, this just really flavors how you think about this. This allows everyone to go, "Wow, he's really serious, or she's really serious about this." Then, then they start getting on the field, if you will, and they start carrying the vision and moving it forward. And
0: I, I remember you said it pulls the vision from the clouds and puts it on your calendar. And vision is a cloudy. It is. It's yeah.
2: it's yep. it's versus. What's the revenue this month, right, and yeah. what what are the costs this month, and I've got to let this employee go, all of that, and yes, I need to cast vision, but it really is a, it pulls it from this ethereal. I should probably do that sometime, and we get all inspired <laughs> at the conference to what did I do today, and 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 I challenged operators when they when they would look at me and say. I didn't do anything today. I said, okay, I want you to say that out loud. I did nothing today to build my business. That bothers you. And so it bothers me when I get to the end of the day and say, I did nothing today to cast the vision forward at Gwinnett Church. Now, you don't beat yourself up, but what you do is tomorrow is a different day, and I'm going to do something tomorrow to move and cast the vision forward for Gwinnett Church. So that that's a very uncomfortable but helpful question to your point, Lane that pulls it from the clouds to the calendar.
1: And asking that not only for yourself again, but creating that as a cultural question that we're asking everybody to ask, um, again, to the front line, to the person behind the counter, the person that's standing in front of the counter and monitoring what the people behind the counter are doing, because it looks different for everyone. And I think that the big takeaway for this whole conversation is um, vision casting will be as specific as the role but it's everybody's responsibility and my responsibility. In fact, the challenge I'm taking away from this personally, Jeff, is I've got to make sure that I have helped everybody that reports to me and who reports to them understand not only conceptually what this is about, but practically what does that look like for the receptionist? What does that look like for a group's director? What does that look like at every tier in the organization? So this is this is a big – again, this is a big idea.
2: And you give a permission to do this. And, oh, yeah. And, and, hey, you have permission to – write a note or to do something so that you can create some some word of mouth advertising if you will Let, let's create some stories where we wow people um and you know going back to zappos they talk about delivering happiness our guest services training we want to deliver wow we want to wow people mm-hmm. um and i remember uh, mr schultz he said this when in our training he was given this comparison of the business world to church world he said Jeff, the church world should get this quicker than the business world because your leader, Jesus, was the greatest servant of all time. You, you, we should be learning from you in terms of how to serve people and wow people in such a way that people go, oh, you you do care about me. Mm. So, And you said, my pleasure. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Which is – obviously another Chick-fil-A analogy with yeah. my pleasure as well, right. which is uh, what they where they pick that up from.
0: So Jeff, in summary, how, how does a vision carrier move to becoming a vision caster?
2: Well, three quick things. I, I think it's start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And in terms of start where you are, one of the, the suggestions I've given leaders is to do what I call a vision inventory and just walk around and say, Hey, what do you think the vision of our organization is? Why are we here? And just listen. Mm -hmm. You are going to hear some things that encourage you, and you're going to hear some things Mm -hmm. that discourage you. But you need to do a vision inventory, and don't assume that people understand why we are here. So start where you are is just walk around your business and go, hey, why are we here? And just listen so that's a that's a start where you are and then use what you have i I think sometimes in church world we think if we had more money we could do more things but in terms of word of mouth advertising there are things that you can do that don't cost you anything maybe the most important things absolutely absolutely uh many times more money creates less thinking um, because you have you've got more resources so use what you have and again I believe in social media. I think social media can be overinflated and it's in its importance, but I do think it's so important and most of it is free. <laughs> so the the Apostle Paul would love Twitter, I'm telling you, because it's all free and suddenly you're reaching the whole world and then do what you can. And that goes back to what did I do today to cast vision for my organization? You don't have to conquer the world, but you can do one thing oh. that day. And again, I think if our listeners would simply become Better thank you note writers, uh, people love – and I'm not sa- – I'm saying going old school, placing a postage stamp on it because they – you know, we all go to the mailbox and we flip through our bills and catalogs. But the first thing we open is a letter that we got. That That is a really inexpensive vision casting piece mm. that every organization can use, and I don't think many leverage them that well. So if your organization become great thank you letter writers mm-hmm. – <laughs> that's a phrase – That's a do what you can, use what you have, and start where you are uh, kind of example.
0: Well, Andy, as we uh, wrap up today's podcast, what are your final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think to wrap this up, part of what we're talking about is for leaders who are listening, directors, department, division directors, entrepreneurs, whoever, to figure out how to step off the platform and hand the microphone to somebody else. That's really what this is about. Mm -hmm. Instead of feeling like I'm the vision carrier and responsible for casting the vision, to figure out whatever it looks like to hand that responsibility off, not just to a person, but to every person in the organization. And to refuse to do so is simply going to ensure that when I leave or when you leave your department, division, or organization, the vision is going to leave with you. It's going to walk right out the door with you. So if your goal is for everyone to think back on the good old days when you were at the helm, um, that's a pretty much an excellent way to ensure that outcome because the vision left with you. But if you want to build a multi-generational organization, something that's not simply going to outlive you, but maybe even get better after you're gone, we've got to raise up vision casters. We've got to do exactly what Jeff said and create vision carriers at every level in the organization. And the only way to do that symbolically is basically to get out of the way and hand somebody else the mic.
0: Well, Jeff, thanks so much for being here, Andy. Thanks for the time. And to our audience, thanks for listening. To hear more from Andy on leadership, please visit andystanley.com.